Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Happy Friday. I am so excited to be back with you guys. I hope that you had the most amazing Thanksgiving holiday. Last week of obviously Thanksgiving was, you know, going strong. Now we have moved from Thanksgiving into December right? So December means Christmas. December means Hanukkah. December just means the year is pretty much on a wrap it up, right? And so we have had some most amazing guests. First of all, if you didn't get a chance to listen to the episode last week where we had Jenny, Jenny came and she was literally talking about her journey with being a widowed parent. And listen, I know that Some people are like, why do you have these hard discussions? You know, you're talking about, you know, you know, this, you know, Jenny's husband passing away and how she's matriculating through being a widow parent. And it just seems so heavy. Listen, if I could have life be really perfect and nothing bad ever happened and all the good things just happen all the time, you know, I would wish that. Like who would want something bad to happen? No one ever wants dark moments. No one wants difficult moments, but life doesn't work that way. Nine times out of 10, you, I, we experience downtimes, we experience dark moments, we experience life happening. And when life happens, you know, a lot of times and oftentimes we tell ourselves that we're by ourselves, that we're the only one going through these hard times. We're the only one that's having these moments. And then you realize that if you just speak and tell your story, there's 20,000 of people that are going through the same thing, if not worse than what you have on your plate, right? And so these are the reasons why we have conversations that sometimes are uplifting and light and fun and, you know, hilarious. And then there are times when just like life, we have to have difficult conversations. So I'm so grateful for you guys sticking out and having these conversations um, for enjoying the content. Because again, this is not for me. Like I can talk to myself if I wanted to. I could talk to my husband, my friends, and keep it in my circle. But when we're talking about having conversations with Toy, this whole platform is made to have these difficult conversations, to have these uplifting conversations, to have conversations just in general, because we need to be able to speak about it. We need to be able to relate to one another. So I hope that that you're getting that concept when you're listening to these podcasts. And remember, if this is your first time, like this is your absolute first time, you may have felt like you've stumbled upon this podcast. It wasn't by accident. You were brought here for a purpose and a reason. And I hope that above all, regardless if we laugh, if we cry, if you get angry, if you get frustrated, whatever is going on, that when you walk away from listening to this podcast, that you felt heard, that you felt, you know, a relief, a sigh, like, hey, I'm not the only person going through this. I understand that was so me. Any of those types of emotions that you're feeling that when you listen to this podcast, you walk away inspired in some way to do better, to think to talk about some conversations and have the step further outside of listening to the podcast. That is the goal. So thank you for rocking out. Let's get into our conversations for this week. 
So how was your actual Thanksgiving? You know, as you meet with friends and you talk with other people and you start to connect, we're getting this question over and over again. How was your holiday? How was Thanksgiving, right? And I've been hit with that question almost 10 times this week. Now, if you don't know, I'm a blogger. Um, I have been blogging for the now seven years with my blog, Toy Time. So that's T-O-I-T-I-M-E dot org. Go ahead, slide on over to that platform where you can see all these amazing things going on in a written form. So as a blogger, I also end up going to inviting, getting invited to different media events. So as I'm going to the media events, everybody's asking the same question. How was your Thanksgiving? What did you do? So let me just talk about Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving was low key for us. Thanksgiving was peaceful. Thanksgiving was quiet. Thanksgiving was restful. Um, I did all the cooking. We relaxed. We rested. I had about half a bottle of wine took me some time to get some rest. You know, you kind of do that little passing out thing after you have your Thanksgiving meal. You mix that with a half a bottle of wine, which I must say, be, I know it sounds a little lush, but it wasn't. It was actually not really intentional, but it's Thanksgiving. So, you know, we had our wine. I fell asleep. I got my rest, uh, watched a lot of like holiday, you know, shows. And again, back to resting, right? I enjoyed not really having our real agenda. We were, you know, originally going to eat later. We ended up eating earlier. Our kids kind of played and, you know, talked to their cousins and family members. So I honestly can't find any real complaint with Thanksgiving, but I will say that I do acknowledge that there are so many times when these holidays come around where, you know, you may want it to be a little bit more grandeur, but then you end up having to scale it back. Now we're running into more variants, another variant that has been introduced so families are may decide to call, you know, pull back some of the plans that they may have, you know, going into the Christmas season. And that can be lonely. This is a really difficult time for people. And I have been very amiss to make sure that we remember that because it's like, listen, everybody isn't Holly Jolly Joe. I know I am because I love things. I mean, I love Christmas. So, you know, we're December. It's like time to get focused. But not everybody is feeling like in the Santa spirit. And I try to be more mindful of that because depression is real, right? We talked about this plenty of times about seasonal depression. And this literally is the season for that. And why is it happening? Well, first of all, again, you have the fact that it's getting darker earlier. So it puts people in this little funky mood about not going out and doing as much. You know, they're not getting as much sunlight. They're not getting as much, you know, they may not be able to meet with friends because it's, you know, pretty brick outside. I have been doing events outside for the last two weeks. And the coldness that has been out here in these streets is serious. So much so, I went to the hairdresser this uh, week and to get my hair done, you know, get it all together. And normally when I'm underneath the hairdryer, I'm like flinching. It's hot. I'm having a whole fit. I sat so still. I didn't even move. Do you understand? I sat underneath that hair dryer and was appreciative of all that heat. But again, it's so cold that some people are just not able to go and wanting to be outside. So seasonal depression is real, you know, and you mix that with the holidays and not being able to see family, maybe not being able to afford the Christmas that you want, maybe not being able to afford to travel or not even feeling comfortable enough to travel. It can be a mess. So be gentle with yourself and be gentle with other people. 
like I had to like keep reminding people like you're having to be sure and be cognizant of other people that are around you. And it's a, it's just, it's amazing to me sometimes that we're just forgetful of that. So let's be more mindful of other people. So Thanksgiving was good. We're now into December. We're into the Christmas holiday. We're dealing with different aspects of the holiday season from, you know, the shopping frenzy. I'm not in the spirit of shopping. I'm not in the whole shopping frenzy. You know, I'm doing whatever I'm doing and I'm pretty much going to be done. Like I'm not putting myself into a lot of pressure to do more, to get more, to be stressed more. I think life in general is already stressful enough. So I don't want to add, you know, shopping and making that to be a big thing. And so, yeah, that is the goal for December. I'm actually more excited and focused on the new year and 2022 goals and, um, the things that I want to do in the future. So I'm trying not to put as much emphasis on the things that are happening around me. And to be honest with you, it, you know, taking time to slow down a little bit. I have been on the go for the last couple of weeks. I have been helping um, and working with a, a PR firm um, to give them some assistance. And, you know, when I say assistance, meaning, you know, helping them, you know, to achieve their goals. And it's been a lot. So really, I don't really want to focus on too much crazy like I have enough going on just naturally like that but today's topic we are going to talk about not necessarily just friends or friendships or any of that just focusing on the fact that there are people who have a compulsive behavior to where they're not able to do things on their own or they may need more assistance how do you deal with people who appear to have like a clinging personality? And it doesn't necessarily have to mean in a romantic sense, although we will discuss that as well. It doesn't even have to be a friendship. It could just be someone that you know, um, that you have noticed that their behavior is more or less clingy. They're not able to do the normal, mundane, everyday things without needing someone to be there. Now, again, we're all in this world. So sometimes we need or feel more comfortable when we're doing stuff with other people. Um, I know when I started to blog, I've noticed a lot dealing with my personal anxiety that oftentimes if you're not careful, you put people in the place of things that you need to be handling. And I'll try to find an example that would make sense. For instance, in a romantic sense, when you have your spouse, your boyfriend, your boo, your girlfriend, whomever you call, you know, the one that you love on the most, you know, or the one you love on exclusively, I would say. And there are things that as a couple that your partner will motivate you to do. And it's about the way that they talk to you. It's about the way that they love on you. It's just all of the feelings that you get just from being around them. And so you'll gravitate towards, okay, I have this person, they're dynamic, they're doing all of the things, they're making me feel like I can conquer the world, I feel secure, I feel happy, all of those things. But then there's that fine line between relying on that person to do things that you can do. Now, granted, there are things in relationships, whether romantic or not, that we can do, but we prefer to do for our partner or, or vice versa. But there has to be a, a fine line between one, having your partner do things for you and then not you're not able to do things by yourself because you're dependent. That's the word. You're dependent on other people to then come in and take care of the slack. Now, there are things that my husband does for me that I can do for myself, right? You know, I can warm up my own car 
I can, you know, if there's a bug, I can kill it myself. You know, those are things that I can do for myself. Then there's those times when my husband is like, oh, I've already warmed your car up for you. I just want to make sure you were warm. You know, you're having the kids or you're by yourself. I want to make sure you're okay. Um, I could easily kill it, but you know, kill the bug. But I want, you know, I'll call him because I may be feeling frightful or afraid. Those are things that I can do, right? And those are things that he chooses to do for me as an example, but then there's the times when it's like expected, like the level of expectations that we may put on our spouse to do things for us because we're so used to them doing. There has to be a line where you have to get back to doing some things just because you're able to. And we cannot put the pressure on our spouses, our loved one, or our friends, or our family members to do things that we're able to do and then get upset when they don't meet the mark. You know, we have to respect our friendships. We have to respect our family members. We have to respect our spouses and our loved ones because when you disrespect or when a person feels disrespected or they feel like it's being taken advantage of or they feel like your expectations or what you're expecting from them doesn't meet what they want to do, then that's when resentment comes in. That's when you're having problems with communication. You're not able to figure out how to talk and deal with each other this is when we have to take account. So are you the type of person that is clingy, that you want somebody to do things for you, become a little bratish in the behavior? If that is the case, take stock for yourself and figure out how can you cut back on making other people feel accountable to do the things for you that you're able to do. We don't want to ever get into the point where we're crossing the line with our friendships. We're not wanting to get into a point where we're crossing our line with our relationships, but it does happen. There are some like that comfortability. So let me give you an example. You have a new friendship and you're really vibing to a really good extent. And then you just get so comfortable to where you're like, oh, so-and-so will do for me. So-and-so will give for me. So-and-so will ask for me. They will be there to do all the things. Remember that so-and-so, that person that you're, you know, vibing with your friend that you're really cool with is also human as well, right? Human and hum and full of human responses. And not everybody feels okay to do certain things. And you want to be sure that you're clear on those types of, you know, guidelines and communicate. I think the biggest thing that we struggle with when it comes to relationships in general is the lack of communication. Are you okay with doing this? And then waiting for the response. Are, you know, is it okay that we go here instead of just assuming, oh, that person has me? I have one friend. Um, I love her. She listens to the podcast quite often. She will give me a ride from an event. I never take a, a granted that, okay, this is what's going to happen. You know, the simple ask of, hey, are you comfortable? Are you available? Do you even desire to do so and so to take me home after such an event? And we communicate like, it's not even an over communication, but it's a good, a good communication of not getting comfortable and taking advantage of the situation and saying, Hey, let's talk about our, how we're going to, you know, the logistics of our night. And we have these conversations all the time, because again, you don't want to get into the, the position of taking advantage of anyone or making someone else feel like they need to do something for you that they're not necessarily required to do. So let's just take stock of that, of our relationships with other people, how we interact with one another, the lack of communication or communicating effectively with like not assuming that the, that whatever you believe that's going to happen or whatever you believe is on the plate is there to be had, because that's not always the case. 
let's just try to find a way to communicate better, to request more of other people and give the same respect to people that you would want them to give to you right? It really boils down to respect. When I respect my friendships, when I respect my husband or my boyfriend or whoever, well, not mine, because you know I don't have a boyfriend, I have my husband. But for you, whoever you have in your life, let's take that five seconds of a level to find a way to respect that and, and keep that level of relationship and friendship completely on the same playing field. So also, I wanted to just talk about a couple of the headlines that have been happening um, this week. So there has been a petition, whether it was real or imagined or, you know, as seen as a joke or whatever the case may be. And it is saying this petition is to stop Will and Jada from talking um, and having interviews. Now, if you have been under a rock, Will Smith's new book is out. It's pretty much of amazing um, um autobiography of his life and him talking about the different highs and lows of just you know living his marriage to Jada whatever level of their marriage it is and we've talked about them on the show before um, we talked about them with my husband a couple weeks ago when he was a guest on this episode on this uh, season and just talking about like the things that we see about about what we see about them because reality of it is even with Will writing the book you know he's not going to be as 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 forward um, there are probably parts and and points that are missing so everybody's like listen we don't want to hear anymore we are tired um we want to be free free us of them i you know i think it's literally a joke but will smith and jada have a right to tell or not tell or have whatever level of their relationship put into the media as they see fit honestly if it hadn't been for the um august alcina alleged situation or entanglement we wouldn't even really have the information that we have. There's always been speculation for years that Will and Jada was one part of Scientology, as well as them being a part of some type of open marriage and open relationship. And so when the August Alcina situation took place, it allowed it to be like a storm fire, like validity that yes, there was something going on that yes, um, you know, they weren't as married and, and lovey-dovey as we had thought, you know, that Will Smith would be with Jada. And so again, the speculations are never going to stop. The conversations are probably never going to stop. And then with Jada having read Table Talk, it only feuds the fire for whatever level of their relationship. And I just, like I said, you know, their level of whatever it is, to me, it sounds as if from, you know, the book and watching the interview with Oprah, I feel like they're just in a situation where they understand that they will be loyal to each other and loyal to a fault. And that loyalty to a fault means until the two of them feels it's needed uh, to pull a trigger and divorce, I don't foresee that even happening. So they will be legally married and doing whatever it is that they have set as their level of respect. Again, those boundaries of whatever it is that they've put into place. Honestly, I feel like there's been back and forth breaking of those boundaries. And so that's why we're seeing multiple stories. In addition to this being a big promotion for the book, to be honest with you, it's a great marketing tool, even if they really are not as solid, but they are doing whatever they are to appear into the, the world. And then using that buzz to generate the, you know, for the book, it could possibly be, I, I have no idea. I know as a married woman myself, there are things that you talked with your friends and you may mention with your friends and, you know, different ups and downs of relationships. And then there are just things that, you know, you'll say what part of it that benefits you to someone else. But the reality of it is the situation may not be as um, as severe or maybe worse than what you're telling 
you know, your friends, you're only giving them a blueprint, a small part of that conversation. So if you've been in marriage or a relationship for a long period of time, you know that it is very much dear that that relationship is yours, right? It's your relationship. You get to dictate what level of relationship that you um, share or you open up to. The only thing I can say is, like I said, it's a pure, pure marketing genius that we would have Jada and Will um, be able to even talk about their marriage. Because before we, again, there was no real conversation. It's just pure speculation. And now with them speaking up so very clearly about their relationship and speaking of relationships, right? Have you been like living under a rock or something when you've heard about Adele and her new album? Um, her uh, special that she had airing um, on on TV, which was absolutely beautiful. And I will say this. I love the fact that the couple that she brought onto stage and they got engaged, like she's not so jaded with love and marriage that she's like, you know, I don't want to have that on my, you know, on my, sharing my stage. You know, that takes a lot. So everybody has been in their feelings about how with Adele, her newest album has even people in loving relationships, like solid relationships in their feelings. It's really a hard thing as a woman. And I'll say this to and a woman or a man, to be honest with you, to come to grips that they're not happy with the person that they're with. Now, I will caution that you can do all the soul searching that you you want, which I pray all people are doing before they get into a committed relationship. You should not be jumping from relationship to relationship. You need space and time to heal. You need space and time to do the things that you want. You need space and time to just simply grow. So the fact that this whole Adele album has everybody deep, and I mean deep, into their feelings. I haven't seen some grown, grown, show enough, show enough grown people talking about this Adele. I mean, people that I had even known was Adele fans that I are friends of mine. And I'm like, you listen to Adele? And they're like, yes. And I was in there crying and I was upset. And I was like, well, let me listen to this album. But sure enough, Adele, she knows what she's doing, right? First of all, Adele can sing. And Adele's out here collecting her coins because she can speak about love and triumph and friendship and, and finding yourself. And I'm not even in the in the in the store of trying to get a divorce and leaving my husband. Like I actually love him and like him. And I'm sitting here like, well, Lord, do I love him? Do I love me? Like I <laughs> Adele makes you think. You know, she pulls on the heartstrings and makes you think. So she now has a residency in Las Vegas starting in January. I think it's like a six month uh, residency or yeah, I think it's six months. And so people are losing it. I don't know if I'm going to grab coin enough to go. To, like I want to go to Vegas. I've never been. I know. Think about this. I have never been 40 years old. I've never been to Vegas. Um, but it's in my to-do plans for the 2020 year. You know, all things considered that we don't have too many more variants popping out and that it can be done safely. But yeah, I want to go to Las Vegas. Now, will I go and see Adele? I would love to see Adele, right? I, I don't know if I would plan a whole trip to Vegas around Adele. But if I was in Vegas, would I see her? Yeah, I would see her if she came to Philadelphia. I would see her, you know, like I would go and see her. So I am giving some thought. But Adele has folks in their feelings. How do you go from being in a committed relationship, a marriage, and then deciding that I'm important enough to pursue figuring out if I'm happy or not? 
That is a question that a lot of people ask. Let's keep this 100. There are a lot of people who are miserable and then their own skin who then unite with someone else who may be just as miserable or not. And they have to figure out, is this what I truly want? Which is why you should not be jumping to get married, right? And as a married person, you would think I would not have that conversation, but it really is a conversation to be had. Not everybody is uh, marriage material, meaning you may not necessarily be marriage material and the person you may be loving on or want to be marriage material may not be. It is a desire to do the work to make a marriage and a loving relationship be as solid as it needs to be. We have to really stop acting as if marriage is like this thing that you do and all of a sudden your dreams come true and everything aligns and love is so beautiful because nothing bad happens and you don't have to work anymore because that person should just know all the things and you don't have to think anymore because that person knows everything like they don't, you don't. You will learn that as any type of anything that you add into your life is going to come with work, right? You have a child. Now that comes with the work of trying to keep a whole human, you know, alive. You get a mate. You have to then take in consideration that it's not just about you. You have to think about you and what and how what you do affects another person. This is called work. And this, I don't even know what you want to call it, fantasy of marriage. Let's call it that. This fantasy of marriage that once you get married, you are going to be the same person that you stood before the church or stood before whatever you were. You could have got married outside and near a beehive, wherever you got married at, right? You stood and made these vows that you would love this person. You would cherish this person. You would honor them as you honor yourself. All these beautiful words, right? Then you get into the marriage. And you deal with the fact that people are able and capable and will change. And by people, I mean, not just the person that you've married, but you, you will change. Let's stop going into these marriages saying marriage is never going to change me. It changes everyone. Everybody who's ever been married knows that they changed the second they got married. If even if like for my, my husband, and I knowing each other forever in a day, we've known each other for over 25 years. We are not the same young person that we met when we were 18, right? We're 40. We're not the same person at 18 that we were so in love with back then. That man that I see today that sleeps is beside me in the bed is not the same man that I slept, slept with back when I was 18. Now, in my situation, we were we knew each other well again when we turned 18. We're now 40. We're not the same people. He has gone through changes mentally, emotionally, and physically. And newsflash, so have I. The love and the journey is seeing how this journey as we bring each other together brings us either closer or can cause us to be divided. When you as a person, whether you're a woman or a male or whatever you choose to identify, when you go through life's changes and you're changing and you're evolving and some days you're great and some days you're not and you're missing the mark but you're great getting the mark, whatever the case may be, and then you have this other person that's sitting next to you, you got to ask yourself and hope that the two people can still see each other and work through the things that they're seeing when it's being brought up 
and doing the work that they have to go through when things are being brought up to continue that journey together. Adele simply decided that once she got to the part of her journey that she wasn't happy and instead of dragging the situation out, right? Instead of acting as if marriage is perfect, instead of acting as if these things are just so glorious, she decided that her part of her growth would continue to be better suit if she was by herself. We don't give men a problem when they decide that, right? But women are expected to stay. Women are expected to deal. Women are expected to act as if nothing is wrong. When reality of it is, it doesn't have to be a bitter fight. It doesn't have to be an argument. It doesn't have to be drama. It could simply be, this is no longer working for me. Now, on the flip of that, people say that people get into these divorces and they get in and they get out and they get in and they get out. The marriage is supposed to be a lifetime commitment, a lifetime commitment. And no, you can't run at the first sign of trouble. But after you've attempted to work it out and you don't went to counseling for yourself and you've gone as counseling as one another and you're respecting each other's boundaries and you're listening and not just yelling at that person and you're listening to them and they're listening to you and you're trying to do all the things to communicate and it doesn't work and you're unhappy, regardless if you have children or not, no two unhappy people can continue to put the facade and the fakeness of a relationship that's no longer working, especially when there's other people involved. Why do you think that there are couples that will get married and then there are people who make these agreements as a couple that I'm going to stay with you until our children are 18. We know that it's not working. We're done with the situation and I'm going to stay with you the second our kids turn 18. I think that we should go our separate ways. Why do you think people who've been married for 40 or 50 years all of a sudden get divorced? Because they may have had a commitment to make it work for a period of time. They may have even tried, but it doesn't always work out. Two people need to be of happiness within themselves so that when they come together, they can find ways to work through it together. And then it could come down to it's not working, right? It doesn't even have to be a mistake was made. It's just that the time and our journey has ended. There's a couple in my personal circle who made a decision wherever, however they got there, that our journey now ends right here. And we're going to support each other in our parenting with each other. We're going to support each other in being friends. I thought that was amazingly beautiful because we don't hear and see enough of that. Your journey can stop and start wherever it needs to. But we have to be able to be comfortable enough to have these difficult conversations with our spouses. And to be honest with you, beyond our spouses, with ourselves if you're not happy right now, have you truly been honest about that? Like regardless if you marry single, you, whatever you're doing, flying a kite, I don't care. Have you honestly had that conversation with yourself? How unhappy you are when you look in that mirror? How jaded you feel when you're walking in this community of life? Have you had that honest assessment? If you're looking for ways to skip the trip to the post office and dodge all of that hectic holiday shopping traffic, why not save time and money with Stamps.com? Stamps.com allows you to compare rates, print labels, 
and access exclusive discounts on UPS and USPS services all year long. It just makes sense, especially if your business sends more mail and packages during the holidays. Going to the post office instead of using stamps.com is kind of like taking the stairs instead of the elevator. Just going up a couple floors? Sure, take the stairs. Walking up 30 flights a day? You could use a break. If you spend more time and more of your day and during the week dealing with mail and shipping, stamps.com is a lifesaver. You'll save so much time and money, you'll wonder why you didn't start sooner. Keep in mind, I love receiving as many packages, but I couldn't imagine being business owners having to struggle during this time. Save time and money this holiday season with stamps.com. Sign up with the promo code POD, that's P-O-D, for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter the code POD, that's code P-O-D, for POD. And thank you from the word from our sponsors from stamps.com. But honestly, have you honestly, honestly took an assessment and honestly thought to yourself, am I happy? Now I'm asking that because we're about to go into the Christmas holiday, which also means that the new year is upon us. And a lot of us like to change our ways. We like to change what we're doing. We want to lose all the weight. We want to eat right. We want to do right. We wait until January the 1st, right? January 1st comes around and we make these changes and we make these declarations and these promises to ourselves. How many of us are keeping that promise? Have you considered and thought about that? Have you honestly kept the promise of loving yourself the way you're supposed to be loved? If you said, I left this relationship, I will never allow this situation to happen again. Have you been doing that? Because if you can say you haven't been keeping that promise to yourself, let's not wait till January 1st to try to get our lives together all of a sudden, right? Yes, drink that champagne. Yes, sing the songs. Yes, enjoy your New, your new Year's Day turn up. But let's not wait until that time to make these choices and these changes. I don't know how long Adele was on her journey to figure that out, right? Because there's a point in time when you realize that you're not happy and you're not happy with the person that you're with. And then you know that you are there at that point. And then when do you go after you figure that out to the point where you actually pull the trigger? And I should probably not even say pull the trigger because this world is so crazy. But what I mean by that is when do you then decide to say, okay, I'm not happy, but let me took some pay, put some action to it put action to finding the ways to make myself happy. And that may mean breaking the heart of the person that I'm with because I'm not happy with them, because I'm not happy with myself. What are you keeping the promise? What promises are you keeping to yourself? And if you found that you've broken a lot of promises, let me just say, I was talking to a group of young women this week and just like sharing without really going too deep into the conversation, but just sharing some of those heartaches and things that we do, that we do as we're trying to figure out life and love. The same person that I was in my 20s and the promises that I had made then about what I was accepting in relationships is not the same person that would be accepting of those things now. I talked about that with the episode with my husband about cheating and about relationships and about, you know, we on borrowed time right and when you start to get 40 and you and you and you go up a little bit in the age and time 
you just realize like things that matter don't really have validity anymore that once matter just don't that you don't feel the same way and so i can understand when adele is saying she she made this journey right she just happened to turn her journey into a song how are you using your journey whether good or bad to make the best of the situation because remember there is so much limited time on this earth that if you are not trying to champion yourself to get to a better place within your own skin, like regardless of whether or not you're connected to someone else, you are wasting valuable time. I would hope that I would want to have better days. I would want to be able to want to smile again. Now, let's not keep this, you know, acting like, you know, the world is so bubbly and cheerful, but in the midst of trying to figure out how to smile, like you really have to go through and put the work in. It takes work dedication to get you from point A to point B, right? To go from a place of knowing that you're not okay to getting to this place that you are okay. But what I find is we desire a lot. We don't work enough, right? We desire a lot we do not work enough that's a word for someone right there just in case you didn't catch it you want all the things you see all the things you you know your heart really wants to go after the things it wants to go after the the accolades it wants to go after you know having this better situation how much work are you putting in to make that happen are you getting up early in the morning to make it happen? Are you coming home after you've worked a eight to 12 hour day and knowing that this is a dream that's not going to just fall into your lap? Are you putting a couple hours of dedication in every night or most nights? How about when your friends are out doing their thing and you're in the house or in your home or in your office trying to make life happen? How much work are you putting in with that? Because how much work you're putting in that and finding the right people to connect with where you're trying to go and weeding out the people that are not supposed to be on your journey. That's how you get to the other side of accomplishing things, right? You learn what it takes. You put the work in behind the scenes. When I was used to working out like super hard and by super hard, I mean being dedicated to it, getting up five o'clock in the morning and working out while everyone else in my house was worried about getting their sleep. Coming home after working all day, after putting food on the table for the children, after cleaning the house up like I was, and doing all those things to prepare for the next day, but still putting in that hour after all of that was said and done. Being dedicated to the things that I'm eating, not necessarily a diet, but just being more dedicated to what I'm eating, cutting out things that I knew I didn't need. And listen, that in itself is a word because that in itself is work, right? Telling yourself that, no, you don't need ice cream. You need to go to bed. You need to drink some water. Telling yourself, I need to put a limitation on how much wine or alcohol I'm drinking. Eliminating sugar or stuff that you don't need in your diet. When you put in that work, you get the results of looking in the mirror and seeing clothes fit you the way it wasn't fitting you before. I'm more important about just with, and just a little side note about losing weight. Sometimes the weight loss isn't about your body. Sometimes the weight loss is about your mind and your spirit, really. When you shed the pounds of worrying, stop worrying about what everyone else is thinking, what someone else is feeling, 
and how you're supposed to interact with them and not having to have all the answers, sometimes that will just open the actual door for you to become that much better. So as you shed that weight, it's easy to shed the physical weight or easier, I should say. But being honest and true about what it is about your happiness, about being, you know, excited about life and watching yourself grow in ways that you couldn't imagine. Sometimes it's a lonely walk. You may not be connected to someone right now and you may desire that. But it's funny that when we start to live our lives, we end up running into the person that we ended up or supposed to be with. If your desire is to travel, you shouldn't have to wait till you get a boyfriend or a husband to do that. You know, passports don't come with marital statuses. They come with putting that money on in, in the application process and sending that off to your state and getting it done. Right? So we need to do that. Stop waiting until we have everything in line to make a better start. I'm going to wait until Monday. I'm going to reset on Saturday. I have to wait until I have enough money. I have to wait until I have the right person. When I get the right person, then these things will come to me. You are the right person. The time is right now. You don't always have tomorrow. You don't need to wait to reset on Saturday. You don't have to wait until Friday to get that relief of the week. You can take the time out to rejuvenate and take a break and, and stop and put pauses into your life when you need it. But the time is always now. Right now. So if you're not happy, right, and you're listening to this and you're like, well, what should I do? You do know what the answer is, right? Nine times out of ten when we ask what, is, what should I do, it's because we know it. It's just that we don't want to do it. You don't feel like you're worthy enough. Who is ever worthy enough of having an amazing life? Like what have any of us done to get to that point where we are deserving, quote unquote, of anything? We don't have to work our way to deserving a great life. We were all destined to have a good life, but we all have to be willing to do the work. Now, everybody compares Beyonce. I love Beyonce. I'm pretty much like a Beyonce stand, right? And we sometimes say that everybody has the same 24 hours that Beyonce does. But Beyonce has, in those 24 hours, a team of people. And this is why it's important to get the right people around you. I don't have the Beyonce team, right? I have an amazing team surrounding me, right? I have an amazing team of people surrounding me right now. So much so that I don't need any applications for anybody to join the team. But in the same regard, there is still work to be had on my part. And in my 24 hours, there is wastefulness. As efficient as I am, there is wastefulness. Wasting my time maybe on scrolling on the social media longer than I should. Instead of putting out and fixing and working on my business plan. The times when I need to take a break and then I don't take that break or I don't take that nap or I don't take that self-care takes away from building the life that I choose because now I'm irritable. So now I got to yell at the kids. Then I got to throw off their day. Then my day has got to be thrown. So now I can't recover or it takes longer to recover. So now the plan becomes, it's still there. You're working towards it. But for that day, you've wasted time. 
So consider that. Think about that. How much time are we wasting? A lot. We are. I am. You are. We are. So let's find ways to be more efficient. Life is about being connected to other people, yes. But if you're not connected to the right person within yourself, if you're not doing the things that's going to help build you up, we can love other people, we can care about other people, we can do for other people, but the best person that we have to look out for, care for, and do for is going to be ourselves. There's nothing selfish about having um, your life line the way that it's supposed to. People will tell you that in order for you to be successful, you have to only consider other people. I would say that although there is no true balance in helping others and making sure you're straight, the journey is trying to get it to be a little bit balanced enough for you to care about yourself enough. Sometimes we care about other people more than we care about ourselves. We want the best for other people than we even want for ourselves. But there's work to be had and there's work to be done. The time for work is now. The time to put into ourselves is now. Not January 1st of 2022. Today. Right now. So if you're listening to this on the on the treadmill and you know you haven't given yourself the quality of time you should have given, continue listening. Turn it up. But work hard. If you're listening to this and you're at work and you're already struggling because you know that you're not called to stay at this job and you know you're ready to go, but you can't just walk out and leave. I'm not telling you to leave because I can't I can't support you, me and my family, too. Right. So I'm definitely not telling you to leave. But I am telling you that if you can't put in applications while you're at work, because, you know, that is frowned upon, you can come home after you've got off work and after the kids or your family has gone down or you're quiet in your home and you can go ahead and put some things out on LinkedIn and you can go and look for, you know, ways to put submit resumes or find a different career path. You could do that now, not wait until January 1st of 2022. You can say to yourself, I do not like the way that I feel when I'm around my partner because I believe that my partner is a toxic person or maybe I am the toxic person. Can we admit to that? Sometimes you are the toxic person. You can blame everybody else, but it may just be you. Have you gotten a personal counseling to deal with some of your things? Because what you're disguising as the per the problem with your spouse could actually be the problem that you are experiencing within yourself. It just so happens that again, like marriage, like relationships, they are a mirror when you get married, you are sitting with the mirror of a person that's dedicated to help you get to your next level. And that mirror that you're looking at as you're pointing the finger at your mate is actually pointing back at you because there's some areas by which you need to do the work for yourself. If you know you want to be a better mother from one mother to another, nine times out of 10, it's going to be dealing with your childhood traumas. Because you cannot parent the next generation still holding on to the trauma that you've dealt with within your own, your own self. So let's make that change. We can be the own Ardells of our own lives. We can figure out our path to happiness. Because there's a God, I swear, there's every book on it, right? There's always a book on it. The best book on happiness is within yourself. You are the writers and you are the ones that can help to designate the path that you choose. 
You can read 10 books on being happy, but if you don't take one step into your own personal life, you will be reading books forever and never making change. Get the help that you need to be wherever you need to be. Actively pursue the life that you choose to pursue. Because you can do it. Oh, I believe in you. You can do it. Just need a little bit of a nudge. And consider today and this podcast and this conversation that nudge. Today's podcast was about figuring out where you want to be. Accepting responsibility for where you are. Deciding if you're choosing to be different and putting the work behind it. We talked about compulsive behavior. We talked about, you know, putting more pressure on people that shouldn't be, that pressure shouldn't be on them. That pressure needs to be on you. Not taking advantage of our relationships, friendships, love relationships, whatever the relationship is. And being respectful of people's boundaries. Putting some boundaries of yourselves in as well. Doing for yourself what you can do instead of expecting everybody else to do. That is what today's podcast is about. I hope that this podcast is really going to inspire you to do just that. To think, to act, and to react to your situations in a healthier way. This weekend, I plan to get my booster shot. Somebody sent up a prayer. Um, The last time um, when I got my first COVID shots, the first one got me sick and the second one took me out even more. I have no expectations about what this third one is going to do. So this weekend when I get it done, I have anticipation that just in case I do get sick or anything goes left, that I have plenty of things to do here in this house, aka Netflix No Chill. Outside of that, we're still going strong for the holiday weekend. Um, And when I say holiday weekend, I'm still thinking about Christmas because I think Christmas this year is on a Sunday. No, it's on a Saturday this year. So yeah, it's on a weekend. So it's on a Saturday. So getting ready for Christmas holiday. Making sure that I take accountability of my seasonal depression because I'm not the only person that deals with that. I've been very honest about that, very much in care about what it is that's going on around me and making sure that I have what I need to help to take care of my anxiety, being honest about it. Um, I have an action plan. I've always had an emergency action plan. My husband and I are aware of that emergency action plan should it ever need to be enacted. And it doesn't mean anything like, you know, health, you know, harming myself or anything weird, but just the steps that I recognize about what's happening so that I can avoid a blow up, a meltdown of any sort. Because that's very real. That's a very real possibility. I hope that you have a great weekend today's drink oh today's drink so a couple of weeks ago if you follow me on um, social media you can find me as toy time blog that's t-o-i-t-i-m-e-b-l-o-g so i had and made this amazing i don't even know what the word is drink right it was a cocktail it had jim beam it had basically soda water or tonic water and it was amazing little lemon little lime here and there and that's what the drink of the day is going to be so an orange flavored jim bean that's a bourbon y'all and then mixing that with a little bit of club soda soda water tonic whatever your choice is 
garnishing it with a little bit of lemon or lime and it's refreshing yet strong don't forget to add a little you know some ice in there but it will get the job done so that is the drink of choice for today if you're not a gin bean drinker or some type of a bourbon drinker i i just happen to be the drinker of all things i don't think there's any alcohol that i don't necessarily like i like some more than others but i don't know i think i don't even know if there was one that i don't like but nonetheless that is the drink of choice today so i'm gonna be my own little cocktail bartender you know mixologist this weekend and i'm gonna say probably just this weekend in the first part of the weekend before this shot and that is what i'm going to be having so what are you going to be having what is your drink of choice now remember all drink of choices don't always have to be alcohol related you could decide to make a peppermint mocha milkshake there are some versions that are um non-dairy because you know i'm vegan um there's also that i actually found one that i'm going to make and i am perfecting getting ready because our family and by our family i mean those who live in our home I have a movie year, movie night every year around the holidays where we have a whole spread. I have a whole spread of different things that we like treats and hot chocolate. And it's just like a whole thing. It's our tradition that we do. We have been doing this since my kids have been little and we are going to continue that tradition. So I'm trying to tradition. I'm going to decide if I'm going to do it this weekend or next weekend. It's looking more like the next weekend thing. So I'll keep you posted when we come back together next week. I do have more guests that are lined up, but anybody who's ever been a podcaster knows how crazy it is to try to get this, you know, the guests turnaround time to edit everything before everything goes down. So I just want to say I appreciate everyone who's been listening to Conversations with Toy. I hope you find amazing value and share this podcast with someone else who may be just trying to figure out life. Not only share, can y'all go ahead and hit that subscribe button? And you know the way to support a podcaster. Three things you could do. Share the episode. Subscribe to the episode. And review the episodes. That is how you can do it. It doesn't cost you anything. In case you're wondering, no money is need to be put out to do those three things. It's free 99. So make sure that you do that to, for every podcast and um, that you enjoy listening to. It really does help in greater ways than you can even know. Have an amazing weekend. I'm so excited to have some downtime. I hope you have an amazing weekend as well. And we will be back next week with Conversations with Toy. Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.